This is Coach Chris Holtman. You're listening to Drive the Lane Podcast. Hey. All right, welcome back to Drive the Lane on the Field of 68 presented by Bent Rivers. We got a lot to talk about today. Just Joey and I today, but a lot to talk about. We're going to recap the Purdue game, give a little Iowa game preview. We're going to talk about Ohio State's road to the Big Ten regular season championship to be the regular season champs. And we're going to talk about why Ohio State is built to win in March. But as I said, the first thing, that Purdue game was awesome, a March Madness game in January. Joey, as you watch the game finish, I don't want to know how you're feeling right now. I want to know what your immediate post-game thoughts were. Yeah, insane game, right? Like, we could sit here and do the classic, and we kind of did it on Twitter. Like, if you turn that game off, you're not an Ohio State fan. But, like, why would you have kept it on? Like, it was over. We were dead. The game was done, finished. Like, I wanted to turn it off. And if you know that, if I want to turn it off, you know it's over. I mean, we were texting. Like, hey, it's – you know, I was texting guys from work. They're like, what the heck's going on? I'm like, turn off the TV and save yourself 45 minutes of time. Like, this ballgame is over. Anyway, to answer your question, Andrew – you just games like that. You're just like, I just, we have no business winning. And you only get a couple of those wins a year where you have no business winning and you win. And we just had one pretty recently against Nebraska, right? You know, where we had no business winning, but like the immediate thoughts after that game was like, damn, I didn't expect us to be in it at the end. Jaden Ivey is incredible. And that was an unbelievable defensive possession with an, with an even better shot from a NBA lottery pick. And like my, the overwhelming feeling I had was that hope is poison. (laughs) It's unbelievable. It never fails. People make so much fun of me for saying that all the time, but hope is poison. You know, the minute that we felt like, Oh my God, we might win this game. Boom. It's over dagger game over. Hope is poison. I say that ironically. Cause like you need hope. Like, of course, hope is good. Hope is good. But like media reaction was like, you know, I didn't like throw my phone or like punch a wall. Like I wasn't mad. Like it was like, that sucks. You know, it was like, that sucks. 20 minutes later, it was like, I'm sitting there with my roommate and some buddies were watching the game. 20 minutes later, we're just on our phones quiet. And and I'm just like, damn, did that really happen? You know, like, like it wasn't like the Florida buzzer beater where it was like, holy moly, come on guys. We threw that one away. This was like good on Purdue, you know, good on Purdue for not totally blowing it they almost did it's rare when you blow a 20 point lead and win the game usually you're just so like in game morally defeated oh if it went to overtime i think we would have won well i what i couldn't believe about the game was that it wasn't like a one point game with a minute left it like really took it took a three and then the kyle young steal to another three which of course kyle young ultimate glue guy elmer's glue but it took super glue Right. It took like heroic efforts. It wasn't just, it ended up being, all right, a couple of minutes left. Great 20 point comeback. Like it was like, if there was an, if there was 30 seconds left of, or there was 30 seconds less in a basketball game, a basketball game was, you know, for this game's 39 minutes, they, they, they're not in it. It's over. Yeah. Like it, it's funny, right? Like Ohio state could have been down like 15 and like the first 10 minutes, they cut it to five. And then the rest of the game, it like teeters seven to three, to two, to six, it wasn't like that, right? Like it was 
you know, the comeback started with like 14 minutes left in the game and went all the way to the buzzer, basically, you know, like, and it was, it was remarkable because obviously the, this, the fight that this team has is just, it's insane because Purdue is more talented. They're playing at home. Like they're, they're bigger, they're stronger. They got the better side of the whistle, which I, I, I be, I'm that guy on Twitter that is mad at the refs, like, because I couldn't be mad at refs for so long in my life that now it's like, I'm going to be mad at refs for all the voiceless people that can't be mad at refs, you know? But like at the end of the day, it's like just play basketball. And we proved that like, you know, we figured it out a little bit, but man, we got a bad whistle and Purdue is better, more talented. I don't even know if they're better, more talented. And they, and they're at home. Like that was a valiant effort to get back in that game. And like, you gotta, you know, players are, are they're They're the reason why that happens. Guys like EJ Adele, Kyle Young leading the way saying, fellas, this one ain't over until we say it's over. Like, let's show them what we got type of deal. And hopefully they take that momentum into the next game against Iowa because we were struggling offensively, obviously. And like we said on the show, like we said in the Twitter space before the show, a game against Purdue at Purdue, any road game really, like you got to score. You got to score. And we were not scoring. We were not hitting shots until the end of the game. And against Iowa, we're going to have to score and hit shots because that's what Iowa does. They make shots. So it's going to be interesting. Even even though we said like it had to be a crazy high scoring game, like you see like seventy nine points, eighty one points, and like obviously there's games that are higher scoring than that. But when Ohio State's had games when they're in the fifties, you know, low sixties, like that is a high high scoring Big Ten game. So right. so totally. I mean, not to tip around cap like we nailed it. Like you're gonna have to you're gonna have to score as much, not muddy it up as we were asked. Like, are they gonna be able to win the game? by keeping it low scoring and defensive battle, or are they going to have to match the scoring? And they clearly had to match the scoring. There's two, two players I want to talk about that moving forward, I think are key and essential. First thing is would have loved to not have the Michi Johnson injury. Cause I'm so curious where his like level would be right now. If he didn't miss the time that he did, cause he has his little moments where you're like, all right, they don't have a guard problem. Like Michi's fine, you know, but then he has the moments where, you know, he, He's doing nothing for a little while. He gives you too much nothing, if that makes sense, where he'll go in his his spurts, and it's tough when you got EJ and now Malachi merging. So Michi, end-of-season Michi, excited to see what that looks like. And the second thing I want to say, and I'm, I'm going to go on record as the first, and I'm putting the ultimate quotes around this, the first media <laughs> member to say that I think – Malachi Branham continues to shine and is in the NBA next year and not on Ohio state. So I'd like to be the first to openly say that would love to be wrong as a fan. You'd love to be wrong there. You'd love to see a guy come back in his second year, have a Keegan Murray type year where you lead the league in scoring. But I think he's just, they're going to rely on him too much the rest of the year that he's going to have to show what he's capable of. Yeah, obviously you know, to touch on Michi, I'm with you. The COVID pause combined with injuries for guys, it's like, damn, like where would this team be right now? Big what ifs. But on the topic of Malachi, it's the ultimate like win-win loss-loss sort of deal, right? Like if he goes to the NBA, it's like, wow, that means he must have had an awesome end of the year and we must have had an awesome end of the year. Uh, But we lose him. If he comes back, it's like, okay, great. We got Malachi back. He instantly is like a preseason first team, all big 10 type of guy. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I disagree with you. We've talked about it a ton. Um, 
I think that while he could go to the NBA, sure, and be a second-round pick, like right now especially, obviously, who knows, if he averages just 20 points the rest of the year, then that probably moves him into a first-round pick. But as it stands right now, he could go and be a second-round pick, great. But you got to think if you're Malachi, the plan all along was two years because EJ is going to take all the shine this year. They're going to need someone to take his fill his shoes of the go-to guy next year. That's got Malachi's name written all over it. And he leads them to the promised land next year. You know, uh, I just, that's what I foresee for him. I, I, I mean, again, win-win loss loss would be thrilled if he went to the NBA. Cause that means only good things for Ohio state, but yeah, it'll be, it, it'll be an interesting rest of the year. If your prediction is going to pan out, it's, it's going to be an interesting and fun end of the year. Do we want to put that out there? Like we don't like want that to pick up any steam and then he sees it and then he's like, Oh, maybe I should, you know, maybe we'll keep that under wraps. If he's a, if he's a listener, great. Shout out to you, Malachi. There's your little, you got faith from, from me, but um, maybe we won't go too public. No rat poison, Andrew, no rat poison, no rat poison. But yeah, I, I, final thoughts on Purdue game before we talk about Iowa is like, uh, I just, I just think that it's, it's the ultimate point of like winning on the road is really, really hard. That shows you. Um, But also like, let's be excited about this Ohio state team. um, And like, it was just an awesome college basketball game. Like hearing the CBS da, 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 before Ohio State plays a noon game on the road, like holy, gave me chills. So, yeah, I, I just you know it's forever and always go Buckeyes. I we're gonna be with them through thick and thin. Just gotta hit some more shots, man. It's just tough. Like you gotta hit shots, and like honestly, Zed's got to give you more too. But that's a different story for a different day. Um, but let's talk a little Iowa before we get into the rest of the episode. Yeah, so Iowa, Iowa can can beat you down with scoring, like you talked about. They got the Murray Bros, and they got Jordan Bohannon, and they have a lot. They have more than that. They have a lot of scoring. Two 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 bro- pairs of brothers. That's kind of interesting. The McCaffrey yeah. brothers, the Murray brothers, and I I think we're at the point. We said this in in the Twitter space, which we'll do more of those. Like. We now are confident in saying we're going to get something from from EJ and we're going to get something from Malachi and that and Kyle Young is going to play his his ass off every game like those are the three that you can count on you no longer can you know say all right Justin Arden's going to hit two or three threes you know Michi or Jamari I guess you could say one of them is going to have you know good Jamari's been so solid but now he's got the injury right so. My question to you, which I think is the most important thing about Iowa, is like, who do you think can step up, not consistently, but for this game? Like, who has the best matchup in this game to be that third scorer and fourth fiddle? Yeah, I I think a couple different things. Number one, Zed Key. I think that he has a big bounce back game. I think Iowa stereotypically doesn't do great against big men. If you remember the past few years, Kofi obviously has dominated them, but like Hunter Dickinson had like 40 points against them one year, something crazy. Um, you know, Wisconsin, when they had the two headed monster of Reavers and, and Micah Potter, they dominated them. Um, you just go through every big man that's played Ohio state. Caleb has had great games against them. John Hera at Penn state who's playing right now against Iowa started out really strong. Um, so I think big men typically have a really good track record. Cause I was like, you think about the guys they have, it's not, you know, yeah, they had Luca Garza, but Luca Garza was so bad on defense, you know? So that's, that's first and foremost, I think Zed. Um, 
and, and I think it's this is a game for the guards. I just think the tempo is going to be so fast. Um, there's going to be a lot of possessions. Iowa plays a, a fair amount of zone as well, especially when they know that Ohio State, us, we, we don't shoot it that great. So I think that Michi and Jamari are going to have to step up. Like they're going to have to make plays in transition. They're going to have to hit open shots um, if we want to win. And like we've talked about a hundred times on the show, home games are when the role players start, you know, EJ and Malachi are officially on that different tier right now. You know, like they are, like you said, consistent guys. The other guys are meant to step up in games like this. So we'll see what happens. We're done saying this is the Justin Arns game, even though Justin Arns does really well against Iowa. But um, I, I look at Zed establ- like establishing himself. Like it's going to be a heavy dose of Zed key to start the game. And then Jamari and Michi, their decision-making, their playmaking, their shot-making, I think all three of those are going to be really, really key in coming out with a win. There's going to be shots. There's going to be baskets. Like, there's going to be opportunity. We just got to take advantage of it. I agree. I don't think we need to, you know, touch on much more than that because it's kind of – All you need to know about Iowa is, like, Keegan Murray is leading the league in scoring. He's awesome. He's going to get his. It's the other guys – that are when they play well are doing well guys like Jordan Bohannon, who obviously is our buddy been on the show guys like Chris Murray, Keegan Murray's brother, lefty, um, the McCaffrey brothers, uh, Toussaint off the bench, Ulus off the bench, all these, they, they come in waves. They've got a lot of guys. Um, so uh, they play really fast. There's going to be a lot of possessions. Sometimes they throw out zones, whether it's press or in the half court, it's an, it's a different game. It's a different style of play. Don't expect a rock fight. Like every other Big Ten game, you kind of like half-heartedly expect a rock fight. Not this game. So it'll be it'll be fun. More free-flowing, more up and down. I don't really think there would be a result in this game that that surprises me. I don't know how you feel about that. Like I feel like they could just dominate from the opening tip from a scoring standpoint, and it's like a 10 to 15 point loss. But I feel like Ohio State on the other side could win by 10 to 15. And then of course it could be a close game. Like there's no outcome that I would be like, I can't believe that's how that game shook out. Yeah, remember we talked in the Twitter space, if if anybody was listening, there's only three outcomes for the Purdue game. Purdue wins close, Ohio State wins close, or Purdue blows us out. In this game, I I agree. I think there's a very real scenario where we demolish them because they struggle sometimes. Like they just struggle. Or they just get unbelievably hot and demolish us. Like it's possible. And then obviously the close games as well. So it'll be interesting. It's so funny. Every game is so important in the Big Ten. It's so clear. And we're about to talk about how that shapes out but shakes out but like you have to win at home against Iowa in a year like this if you want to win the big time you just have to you have to that's a great transition because now we're going to talk a little bit about Ohio State's path to winning the big 10 regular season Joey I want I want to start with by saying this while I do think it's possible that Ohio State shares a portion of the big 10 regular season championship my personal opinion, I think it's unlikely that they are the number one seed in the tournament, which I have said many times over the last few years that I am not a fan of, you know, multiple teams being the regular season champs because there are tiebreakers. There's a tiebreaker for why a team is the one, two, three, four, et cetera, seed in the tournament. But you're going to make your case for their road to winning the regular season. Do you also think there's a case for them to be the overall number one seed in the big 10 tournament? Yeah, I think so. Obviously there's a lot to shake out, you know, 
a team like Wisconsin, for example, who sits at the top, they've got the easiest schedule of all the teams that are in contention. So luckily we've got a tiebreaker between them, but they might just straight up lose less games than us. Right. So there's that you got Illinois who has to play a lot of the tough teams twice. Um, you know, when I look at Ohio states where, so that obviously creates a different sort of element than, than Wisconsin, where I'm more worried about, okay, what's the tiebreaker going to be with Illinois because we have a better chance of, you know, we play worse teams. Right. So, you know, you look at Ohio state, they've got, um, Oh, I'm looking, looking at the women's basketball schedule because they play funny enough. They play Iowa um, tonight as well. Well, well, while you, while you're putting that up, I'll, I'll say this. We also don't know about the the rescheduling. So the numbers could look yeah. a little wacky, like in general, like Ohio State could win by having significantly less losses, but also less wins, you know, like right. it, who knows how that's going to end up. Right. So I'm just thinking like, like the, the next six games, okay. Next six games, home Iowa, home Maryland, at Rutgers, at Michigan, home Minnesota, home Indiana. Um, I don't even know. Is that, that is the exact order too. Like yeah. you got, if you want to win the big 10, you got to win five out of six. And I think that it's very, it's not easy, but like, if you wanted to play teams on the road that were competitive, but not the best, like Michigan and Rutgers are those teams. Right. So like, that's just further proving my point of like, Hey, like Ohio state got a nice little road after that is when it gets tough. You know, after that they play, um, Let's see here. I'll tell after you. That, after yeah, that, they play at Illinois, at Maryland, home against Michigan State, home against Michigan. That's a tough finish, you know? So it's like you can break those up into two segments, right? Go five for six and then three for four in the second segment. Like five losses is going to they give you a real chance to win. Because, to because we're building the path and not just like, hey, we think they're going to do it. You gotta go. You gotta win five out of those six, like you're saying. But one of them has to be Indiana to make up for the the loss to them earlier in the season for for standings. You know, not just for overall record. But if you're if you're wanting to finish in the top, Indiana could go five and six or or five and one, and then or six no in their next stretch. But that's the game that is super important. Hundred percent. And likewise, the back half. Uh, you know, at Illinois and at oh, and and home against Michigan State, like you got to assume you're beating Michigan state at home, right? If you want to win, cause you got to, you got to, you know, you know, like win your home games, all of them for us a year. And then it might boil down to, okay, February 24th, excuse me, in Champaign, like that's a, that's a, if you want to win the big 10, because Illinois has X amount of losses and Wisconsin has X amount of losses and, you know, Indiana is now out of the picture, blah, 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 blah. Like that might be a game where, okay, Ohio state is one back in the in the in the loss column with illinois they have to win that game and they and they do and then they go okay we control our own destiny now we win the last three and we clinch a share you know what i mean and it's hard to look out that far in advance obviously because there's a lot to be done but like that's a game that you have circled like at illinois is probably a game that you have to win as well here here's what scares me and this last thing i'll say about it because it, like we said it's a ton of speculation what scares me is at this point they have one more loss than the top three teams and two or one less win. So just from an overall number standpoint, you're at, you're at a disadvantage, right. which is what's like, if yeah. I was, if I was gambling, 
and I lose 98% of my bets. So I, I wouldn't take it anyway, because I wouldn't want to jinx them. But if I, if I was a betting man, I would not bet on Ohio state to, you know, win a share of the big 10 regular season. Yeah, no, fair enough. I think, I think for me, what that's a fair point, but also like, you know, we lost the Nebraska game at home. Like that's a W. So like, we really do have one more win, you know? Um, well, that doesn't, that doesn't matter. Why? You just said we're a winner, that we're a winner two back in the win column as well. Right. But at the end of the season, they're not going to be like, oh, that would have been a win. So now we oh, move. But it'll get rescheduled and we'll play it. And Hope, I'm saying hopefully those games do get rescheduled. Right. Well, yeah. I mean, like, it, it's, it's a weird, obviously Michigan and Illinois are still fighting about how like Michigan won because their win percentage was higher, but Illinois beat them and like all this stuff, but like just for whatever it's worth looking at Wisconsin, who's in first place right now, their road to a championship is like, I mean, not a cakewalk, but it's a lot easier. They play at Illinois, which is a really hard game, but then they play at Illinois at Michigan state and home against Purdue. That's their three hardest games. The rest of them are home against Penn State, um, home against Rutgers, home against Michigan, at Indiana, which is a really tough game. You know, at at Rutgers, at Minnesota, home against Nebraska. Like, there's a lot of easier games. Like, there's six hard games for Ohio State left. There's, like, three hard games if we're going by the hard game rating system of ranked teams on the road, basically. Like, there's only three hard games for – Wisconsin there's at least five for Ohio State you know so um that's just something to just kind of just play devil's advocate to you know the path is not just Ohio State having to win games but like Wisconsin's got a really really easy schedule just for fun I just want to pull up Illinois yeah because yeah, Illinois is hard yeah well Illinois next three games home versus Wisconsin and then at Indiana at Purdue all right which is which is very tough three game stretch. You always yeah. say you know oh, breaking it up into threes, and then home versus Northwestern. Which, as Ohio State fans, we saw that doesn't mean anything. You know you can lose home games against Northwestern, but then at Rutgers, at Michigan State, home versus Ohio State. State like th- theirs is definitely tough. At theirs Michigan. is about on, theirs about like, on par with with Ohio State's, I'd say. That's why the head-to-heads are going to be so important. Right. I think it's honestly probably a little bit harder, only because they're, they're like, more harder now. Their last two games are, like, home against Penn State and, like, home against Iowa. Like, those are games that they should win, whereas our last two games are freaking Michigan State and and Michigan. Like, those are much harder games. So, it's interesting. Obviously, we didn't even go over Michigan State. We didn't go over Indiana's. Like Michigan, I, I would obviously we've talked about who the threats are. Obviously, Purdue, we need to mention Purdue as well. Um, but yeah, it's it's crazy. Wisconsin, the reason why they're in the driver's seat is because that road win against Purdue. Like that's something mm-hmm. to have in their back pocket. That's just so massive for tiebreaker for whatever you want it to be. That's just so massive. So it'll be interesting. We'll see. We'll see what Ohio State is capable of down the stretch. Uh, it would be nice to control their own destiny, but part of it's out of your hand because I just remember. Um, my junior year, we won fifth. We went fifteen and three. We we're playing eighteen games back then. We went fifteen and three. We lost first team ever with three losses to to not win the Big Ten championship because Michigan State went sixteen and two. In Michigan State's last two games, they beat Northwestern, who was up by twenty seven at one point, 
and they beat Wisconsin on the road the last day of the regular season while we all watched when Brad Davison had 30 and they still won by like four Michigan state did. So it just goes to show you like at some point it's just like out of your hands, like Michigan state, we didn't play Michigan state twice that year. We beat them by 30 at our, at our place. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's just crazy. I, I guess the last point is, and we both agree on it. Each team should play each other twice. That's how you find a true champion. Yeah. Or you just have the team that, you know, has the best record and the tiebreakers as a true champion. That'd be an easy way to do it. But that's not, that's not the same true champion. I mean, you could play everybody twice and still have a tie. I don't mind splitting a regular season championship though. That means nothing like that's fun, but that means nothing. I guess it doesn't get you in the NCAA tournament. No, nothing. Just a trophy. It's great. Trust me. It's awesome. I'd love it. I'd die for one of those. Get a ring. I mean, it doesn't it doesn't get you in the NCAA tournament, but it I mean it gets you in the NCAA tournament. Oh, I mean, yeah, 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 yeah. And when you're it would be a weird, weird year if the team that won the Big Ten did not make the tournament even remember when remember when the Pac twelve was like a one, maybe two bid league Mm -hmm. and like Like, like the ACC this year? Yeah, like the ACC. I think like Arizona was like the only lock, and they won the regular season like barely. And they, people were afraid that UCLA would win, and then there was going to be like no, like oh, it was literally going to be a one big league, and then mm-hmm. Oregon won the tournament, and then ended up going to the Final Four. Like whatever, so that's crazy. College hoops is the best. But speaking of the tournament, <laughs> great segue again. Speaking of the tournament, quickly, why Ohio State is built to win in March. So we're fast forwarding. They're getting a top four seed in the Big Ten tournament, and it is now March. So why are they built to win in March? I mean, it's hard not to just say, did you see the game the other day where they were down and they fought and clawed back as the reason? But we'll get a little more in-depth. Joey, I want to ask you first and foremost – We've talked about this before after seeing the last few games. Real quick, love it or shove it, Ohio State, this is you to make the Sweet 16. Love it. Love it. I, they're built to win in March. This team is built to win in March. And I'll give you three reasons why, Andrew, because I know you're wondering why. I am. Give you three reasons why. First and foremost, what wins in the NCAA tournament? We'll just make it more broad and then relate it to Ohio State. Good guard play wins the NCAA tournament. Think about Kemba Walker. You think about Jalen Brunson, friend of the program. The national champions have really good guards. Does Ohio State have a first-team All-American guard? They do not. They do not. But what they do have is the steady hand of Jamari Wheeler, Michi Johnson, who comes and goes in waves but is a dynamic player at times, and most importantly, the emergence of Malachi Branham. Call him whatever you want. He's a wing. He's a forward. He's got the ball in his hands a lot. To me, he's a guard. And he's a go-to wing scorer to be paired with EJ Liddell. When you combine those three things together, Ohio State has a good enough backcourt to make some major noise in the, in the NCAA tournament. I know what you're asking, Andrew. Aren't you missing someone? You're right. I am. Justice Suing has only played like 30 minutes this year. When we get him back in the fold, he's a guy that – now here's a guy that you – know, he, he's a guy that Holman told us from the beginning, he's told everyone from the beginning, like just assuming the intention with him was to run the offense for the most part through him. He is a versatile, dynamic, like matchup nightmare. He can hit threes. He can drive to the rim. He can post up. He's so good in transition. He can handle the ball. He's 6'6". Like he's awesome. 
the fact that we haven't, haven't had him has screwed things up a bit. You add him back to the mix in waves, right? Like Holman said today in his press conference that he was hoping to have him back by now, and he hasn't. He's had some setbacks, whatever. But once you get him back, it'll be a jolt of positive energy. Um, you know, Justin becomes more of that, like, specialist role, really, where, you know, Justin it's is – better for him, personally. Right, I mean, he's coming in – he's playing – 15 to 20 minutes instead of 25 to 30, you know? Um, and and Justice brings a different dynamic level and eventually, like, you ease him in and then he becomes a difference maker in March. So, number one is is good guard play. And I, what grade do I give Ohio State on that? It's like a B minus B. But good enough to make a run. I think I think what worries me about a, a, about a deep run and build for March – is matchups are so, so, so important. And I know I'm just stating the obvious here. Like, for example, last year, you you get a team that just, oh, okay, leading score in the country. Now you have to score more than you're used to. Similar with the team this year. If you get the, the wrong matchup and the, the, the mock brackets of late, it's not, it's not going to be a 15 seed this year, more than likely. Anything could happen, but – if you get the wrong scoring matchup, you could be in trouble. However, if you get the right scoring matchup that doesn't really know what to do, if you shut down a certain guy, it could be helpful. I, I want to play devil's advocate to your justice suing thing real, real, real quick. As it's later and later in the season, my mindset is more like, all right, what are you really going to get if he comes back two weeks before the Big Ten tournament? What are you really going to get? You know, it's a fair point. If he comes back right now, what are you going to get? You know, last year we were talking about obviously Justice Suing showed more last year than Seth Towns, who was hurt for, you know, multiple years. But I remember we were having this conversation about Seth Towns last year. I'm just being, I'm just being, you know, a little more hey, pessimistic than normal. 100%. And, 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 you know, I don't disagree, but like Seth Towns is, is different because Seth Towns is hurt, hurt. He was hurt, hurt and coming back and playing as a shell of himself. I don't right. think Justin Sewing will come back unless he is a hundred percent and that the coaching staff and his teammates and everybody agrees, like I'm coming back to help this team. Right. You know? What if, what if they make a decision that he's will, he's not a hundred percent at at all at this point. Then we don't like that. I mean, who knows? Maybe then he plays 15, 20 minutes a game or he doesn't play at all or whatever. Yeah. I mean, we can only control what we can control when we're sitting here on this Zoom, right? Like we have right. unless unless you're taking unless you're taking like who else's minutes that's been in the rotation lately besides Justin, are you like comfortable lowering or, or removing for we we talked about this on the last episode, same thing. Yeah, I mean, like he would play more than Michi would, you know, yeah. like he would you would take five minutes from Jamari and five minutes from Michi and 10 minutes from Justin, you know what I mean? And then he's playing half the game. It's know? like in 2K. Did you ever do the, the – yeah, Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. When you have the team, you're like, I drafted five guys and traded for Steph Curry. Like, Steph Curry's playing all 48 minutes. Right. Yeah. No, totally. So, that's number one, though. Guard play, it's good enough. It's good enough. Nah, that's that's the bottom. We're going, we're going step by step here. Second is coaching. I think it's fair to say that we have – one of the best coaching staffs in the country and coaching isn't just X's and O's. It isn't just recruiting. It's, it's much more than that. I think that what coach Holman and, and this staff brings is this element of this family atmosphere. Number one, where guys 
are pulling for each other. They want to win just as bad for Coach Holman as they want to do for the guy next to them. You know, they want to win more for the university, for Ohio State, than they do for themselves. You know what I mean? That's number one. And then number two, like, they are, like, the ultimate, like, motivators, right? They're never out of any game because of the positivity and the can-do attitude and the, hey, we're not out of this. Hit singles. That's what they always say. Hit singles. Hit singles. Hit singles. That 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 atmosphere, the culture that they've created, it's just made for March Madness, right? Like, like you're never out of any game in March unless you've got players or guy or coaches that are quitting, right? And this team's got no quitting them. And I think that starts with the head coaches. So I think coaching is another major key to winning in March. I mean, how many years do you see? the NCAA tournament trophy raised by a coach who is irrelevant, right? You like, you need good coaches. Yeah. I, I mean, you, you nailed it right there. The, you named the one thing that they need to improve on. And the one thing that absolutely is not going anywhere, which is guard play. We've said it all year long, got to improve coaches aren't going anywhere. The other thing I would add that, you know, goes without saying is every game, God forbid something terrible happens, but every game you have EJ Liddell. And anytime you have EJ Liddell, you have a chance to win. There's teams that are good, like Michigan State. Michigan State doesn't have an EJ Liddell. So, like, Michigan State might be built to, to win in March because if they get in foul trouble, they got dudes on the bench, but they don't have, hey, go give us 25 tonight in the win or go home game, where you're very, very confident that EJ Liddell will do that if needed. So I actually, I actually think that's the number one reason. Well, Andrew, it's, it's a great segue that you make there because the last and most important thing in winning in March is having a superstar. Yeah. Um, oh, I and, thought you were done. My bad. No, it's okay. Um, you know, I, I, it, you know, it's funny because obviously we went over the stuff before the show um, and you nailed it on the head that teams, you go up the ladder, a lot of teams have good guards. Not as many, but a lot of teams have good coaches. But there's only a few teams that have superstars. You call it 10, maybe 12 teams that have superstars. And pretty clear that Ohio State has a superstar, and you're exactly right. There are games in March where shots aren't going your way. The other team is on fire because, you know, they're going to be playing us a lower seed that it's going to feel like they're Super Bowl playing Ohio State. You know, someone who can combat that energy is a guy like E.J. Liddell, a superstar like E.J. Liddell, who you're exactly right, can get you 20 and 10. It's going to be a menace on defense as well as offense and is an incredible leader. I, I think that, you know, it's overlooked a lot of times that players win games in college. Like people, you know, in, in the NBA and the NFL, like they, they, they talk about how players win games. But like in, in, the, uh, in college basketball and March Madness, like you can get out coached, absolutely, but like at the end of the day, players are going to win you games, and we got one of the best in the country, EJ Liddell, and that's what at the end of the end of the day makes me feel very, very confident. And I know, obviously, you already said it. You feel the same way. My final point before we uh, buckle up and drive the lane is that there's two teams in the Big Ten that knock off the two things that you just said with one player, which is Wisconsin with Johnny Davis and Purdue with Jaden Ivey is they have superstars and their guard play all in one devil's advocate to that though, 
is what if he's not what, what if one of those guys isn't playing well with Ohio State if EJ's not playing well you get improved guard play and even though Malachi you, you said it not a, not a guard we group him into that because of the team needs he's assembled a little bit of a of a point guard mindset but I mean you look at those teams that just have that all in one it's a blessing but it also can be a curse so yeah I, I think the only other team to kind of loop into that is is Illinois with Trent Frazier and, yeah. and Curbelo. I think that they are – Curbelo can be a star, sure. Trent Frazier is incredible. And <laughs> Plummer is unbelievable as well. Oh, yeah, they, and they have Kofi. <laughs> right. Well, Kofi is the actual star. But, like, um, I, I see, like, Underwood's an awesome coach, but he got his, his ass out coached by Porter Moser, Porter Moser and Loyola Chicago last year. So, it's like – yeah, we talked about lose loses earlier. That was that was a lose lose game last year. Yeah, exactly. So like, uh, I think there's a ton of teams that fit the bill for that. You know, I think Wisconsin obviously is one of them, but like they've had so many close games. Like the metrics hate them. Like Kempom doesn't have them as ranked as 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 they are in the AP poll. So that's interesting. I think Illinois is awesome, but like like the coaching, they got out coached the NCAA tournament, but they're incredible team. Like they are, I think the best team in the big 10 Purdue checks all those boxes without a doubt. And then Michigan state, they don't have a superstar, but they check the other boxes, you mm-hmm. know? So it, it'll be, it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting. It'll be interesting. Let us know what you think on Twitter. Of course, follow us at drive the lane pod. I'm at Andrew Zolden, Joey, you are Joey smoke 14. Follow us. We're going to do some stuff before games moving forward. Like we said, spaces, no promises on any games traveling a little bit, no spaces next this for the Iowa game. Sorry. No, no time or space for spaces, no time or space for spaces. Me and Andrew are going to be all over the country. So yeah. respect the pod grind right now. Everybody. I'm, like, I'm watching the, uh, the Maryland game on Sunday in Vegas. No big deal. I'm watching the Maryland game on Sunday in monterey california no west coast boys yo should we just meet up yeah you come to vegas all right deal deal sounds pretty all right buckle up drive the lane go buckeyes beat the hawkeyes